I like journalism because you just get to take your curiosities and see where they lead you. I found it especially fulfilling to do it while I was studying abroad because it was a way for me to connect with the actual people living in Morocco. My name is Ella Malena Feldman. I graduated from Rice in 2021. I was at Baker College and I was a gender studies major. My study abroad program was called SIT, Field Studies in Journalism and New Media in Morocco. SIT stands for School for International Training. They're an organization that has plenty of study abroad programs and they really try to immerse you in the location that you're in. You can propose a project and execute a research project. But in my case, it was actually a journalism project. Rice is a school that doesn't have a journalism program. We have a really wonderful school newspaper that I was very involved with, but I did want to give myself the chance for one semester to actually enroll in journalism school. It really was a curriculum that drew me there, and I am so lucky that it did because it really was a corner of the world that I did not know much about, that I hadn't traveled to, and it was really an incredible time. It really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I got to know a culture that I had not been exposed to at all and really complement what I was doing as a gender studies major because a lot of the journalism that I've done and what I focused on in Morocco was stories about gender, about sexuality. I, through some friends that I had there, found out about this organization that does HIV prevention work, and they had recently formed a youth group, and they were actually working on a project at the time that I was there to create a phone app and computer app that would teach you about sex ed, because in Moroccan schools, you're not really getting sex ed at all. You're getting bare bones and... Yeah, I found that I had a lot in common with these teenagers and these young people. One thing that continues to surprise me in journalism anywhere I do it is, and I'm so grateful for this as a journalist, is how willing people are to talk to you. It's amazing. I mean, I am a stranger to these people and I will go up and say, you know, I'm a journalist, introduce myself. I was wondering if I could talk to you about this and Every single person that I talked to in Morocco was open to talking to me, and that was really incredible. I lived with a host family that consisted of a couple and their three kids. The parents spoke to Rija and a little bit of French, but not really. And I speak a little bit of French, but not really. So that was kind of our way of communicating. I mean, right off the bat, I love them. Like I came in and I was asking my host mom for a tailor because I had this dress that I had picked up like right before going that was too big on me and she was like I'm gonna take care of it for you and she ended up like sewing it for me and was amazing and they love to have their meals together so every night we were eating dinner together and I found that there are I like really appreciated how many ways humans can communicate we had a lot of non-verbal communication or verbal but not speaking the same language we laughed a lot they are like very just like joyful and hilarious I had like told them about pesto pasta and they had no idea what it was and that's like one of my favorite foods so I made them pesto pasta but we did it in the traditional Moroccan way where you just have like one massive bowl in the middle of the table that everyone eats from and you eat a lot of things with bread. So it was this kind of fusion of like Italian food and Moroccan food. And yeah, we just we had a lot of fun together. It's tiring being in another country, especially a country that has a culture that's pretty different from yours. Your senses are very 
stimulated all the time. The most nights I would just go right to bed. Sometimes Thursdays, Friday nights, we would go out. We had a bar that we were obsessed with that is actually on a boat. Very, very cool. We love to get beers there. In Tangier, you have these like really artsy, cool coffee shops, bars. Tangier is a city that's been known for hosting a lot of writers, both Moroccan and foreign. A lot of European writers have spent time there, European artists, some like beat poets and beat writers have been there. So my favorite institution there is this place called Cinema Reef and it's a movie theater but they also have a coffee shop bar. People are like smoking cigarettes inside, having their espresso, having their house red. It's one of those places where you have a crush on everybody who's in there and we ended up becoming friends with the staff. They were really sweet. So my friends and I would go with our laptops. We would start writing in the morning we'd have our coffee and then like 4 p.m would come and be like okay time to get our wine and like we just lived in this place it was amazing (laughs) to me in the u.s compared to a lot of other countries there doesn't seem to be as much appreciation for like things that have texture and color and like food that's really really good music that's amazing like being outside and like appreciating things for the sake of the thing itself. Morocco is definitely a country that has that aspect. Every single day at sunset, there would be so many people just lining the horizon, like the coast, and staring at the sunset. And sometimes they'd be with friends and they'd be talking. Sometimes they'd just have their headphones in, but like it warmed my heart so much. And this was usually when I was running, like to just see people like on a walk, sit down for a sec, take 10 minutes to like breathe and look at the sky and then get up and like go on with their day. Call to prayer is very serious and happens there five times a day. And call to prayer is a moment where everyone leaves their house and kind of, you'll see it everywhere. Like no matter where people are, they'll do it outside. They'll do it inside mosques, outside mosques. You hear the sound of call to prayer over like a speaker system that's set up in Rabat and people will come together and pray. And that happens five times a day. And that's very much, you know, in its own way, taking a moment out of your work day to do something that's meditative. There's something really special about choosing a program that lets you breathe and have more time and really poses a contrast to the rice experience, which is so busy, busy for so many people. That might be a piece of advice. If people are kind of choosing between study abroad programs, I think it can be really valuable to look at some that have a different approach to work and the space that work takes up. I would have, you know, a little bit of homework at the end of the day. And most of my learning by far came from the experiences that I had, meeting people, talking to people, the things that you can't teach in a classroom or, you know, quantify by a grade. I think it is very complicated to do journalism in a location, in a culture that you are a newcomer to and that you do not belong to. It's actually something that happens, unfortunately, a lot in journalism. A lot of Western outlets will, it's called parachute journalism, send their reporters to places that they're not from. They don't really understand the historical context or cultural context. They were very sensitive and careful about the fact that we are not the best people who could be telling the stories of Morocco because we are not Moroccans. The situation with journalism in Morocco is getting so dangerous that 
There are other SIT programs that are happening in Morocco, which is why I hope this can be valuable to someone. But the journalism program was put on hold. A lot of the people who we met and we learned from um, who were Moroccan journalists, that was something I loved about my program was we were having guest speakers all the time who were actually doing the work out in Morocco, who were Moroccans themselves. I know I met like four people who are now in jail. That was, it was a really fascinating place to learn about journalism and a very difficult place to learn about journalism because, of course, as a journalist, like, it devastates me. I just am so grateful to the people who we were able to learn from and, like, so in awe of these people who are so dedicated to their country and their people that they're willing to have a career that is putting themselves in danger. You know, I think that growing up in America, like, you can be very sheltered and think that America is the center of the world and think that the rest of the world is aspiring to be like the United States, has the same approach to things as we do. And I think that any experience that you have that challenges those assumptions and that upbringing that you get growing up in the States is a really positive um, and enhancing one. I think specifically because I was going to a Muslim country and because I'm a woman, I received a lot of fear from other people. You know, what's it going to be like to be a young woman there? What's it going to be like to be an American there? Is it going to be safe? What is the culture like? So I for sure internalized some of those. But also I think just my attitude, like I was like, I don't want to go in being super fearful. I don't want to assume that I'm going to have a certain kind of experience or make assumptions about a certain religion of people. Um, but I did, you know, I was nervous. And the hardest moment was I'm queer and I started dating someone who was on my program, a girl as well. And we thought that we were somewhere private, kind of near a beach and we were kissing. And then suddenly there was like a cliff that was above us and there were these men who were up there and we saw that they were watching us and they started throwing sand on us and and they honestly didn't look that threatening like they really were just trying to mess with us it seemed and it seemed like they were on like a night out themselves and it really made apparent how difficult it can be to be a queer person there you know yeah I mean it is funny like I think the last thing I expected going to Morocco of all places was to like get a girlfriend um but even though there were moments that were really hard by like spending more time there I got comfortable choosing who I would be open about that with we met a lot of young queer people like I said and it was really cool like I would talk about how I was seeing someone and then someone would feel comfortable sharing with me that they were gay and that that wasn't something they shared with a lot of people and you know queer people are everywhere that's something that I you know would say to anyone who's queer who is thinking about studying abroad but is nervous about what the queer experience is like in you know certain countries where it's more stigmatized like I don't think there's anywhere in the world that you could go where you can't find at least some communities and some spaces where you can be yourself. I was on the train by myself coming back from Tangier to Rabat and I was sitting next to this guy. He heard me talking on the phone in English. We struck up a conversation and at one point he asked me what music I was listening to. I was listening to King Princess uh, who had just come out with an album, uh, Queen of Being Gay, of course, and he was asking me about her and, you know, I said, oh, she's actually 
you know, known for, for being gay, being like a proud lesbian pop star. And he just started to ask me about queerness in the U.S. And I decided to be upfront about the fact that I was queer, that I was bisexual. And we had the most interesting conversation about it. He had never met a bisexual person and he had so many questions about bisexuality. And I was pretty happy to answer them because, you know, I get that some people would be uncomfortable with that kind of conversation. That's totally fair. And you don't have to explain yourself or your queerness to anyone. But at the same time, like I was literally doing work on sex education in Morocco. I knew that they weren't getting lessons on this kind of stuff. So I was happy to talk about that. This should be taken with a grain of salt. I'm not saying that everyone should or that that's always the safest idea, but I guess I share that story to say that, you know, sometimes giving people the benefit of the doubt and remembering that at the end of the day, like a lot of people are just like curious and interested and interested in the same things that you are can get you really far. And if you're vulnerable, sometimes that can lead to, you know, connecting with more people in that way. So much of it is like, you're not even going to know until you get there. You can't even begin to learn the lessons that you learn until you're actually there. So, you know, take a deep breath and, and be go easy on yourself.